Hola, hola. You are listening to Seves Escucha, Seen and Heard, a language justice podcast for interpreters, popular educators, parents, kids, and everyone else who interprets. I'm Ada. And I'm Andrea. We're here at the studios of 103.3 Asheville FM in Asheville, North Carolina, with our compas Manuel and Leonel. And today, we want to welcome two of our CPC compas, Juan Diaz and Erica Johnson. Hey. Hola, hola. Bienvenidos. Welcome. Um, so you may have heard us talk a little bit about how we were trained as language justice interpreters at the Highlander Center in Eastern Tennessee. Um, and we also came up as organizers at Highlander. And that means that we came up as popular educators. Um, and we're so excited to talk about this today because we really think that these practices and traditions of popular education and language justice were born very much in the U.S. South, in the Global South. Um, and we have some beautiful stories to share. CPC, the Center for Participatory Change, was founded on principles of popular education. And today we have a language justice program, or we call it a language justice circle. We have a racial equity circle, and we have a popular education circle. So Juan and Erica are with the popular education circle. So we want to start out uh, hearing from you all. What does popular education mean to you? All right. So popular education to me is a way of learning and exchanging information and building collective knowledge that starts with the experience of the people that are in the room together and moves through a spiral of um, phases to get to social action for positive social change. Um, so that's... That's what I'll begin with, and we'll mm -hmm. add on to it as time goes on through this podcast. Yeah. Um, so before we get into like the Popular Education Circle and you all's program, Seeds of Hope, will you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Sure. I'm Erica. I'm a white, queer, non-binary person living in Asheville. I've been here about four years, and I was introduced to popular education actually as a teenager, and I've been kind of exploring that topic. Um, into my 20s, and now I'm working with Seeds of Hope here. Well, I have been in the United States for approximately two and a half years. I am Mexican. I'm a musician. I have had many experiences with education. I wouldn't say with popular education, but with different areas of knowledge, as well as with different ways of learning and teaching. I think that's when I've been in like pop-ed spaces and people are trying to explain pop-ed, the one that always I feel like lands in my heart is like we all have something to teach and we all have something to learn. Like that's how I like to introduce it. And I feel like that's where like it clicks. It clicks for, for folks. Um, so now tell us about the Popular Education Circle and about Seeds of Hope. So the Popular Education Circle is one program that's a part of the Center for Participatory Change. And it's manifested in a lot of different ways over time. But um, the idea is that we're building capacity of popular educators in Western North Carolina. Currently, it's manifesting as a group called Seeds of Hope. So there's about 15 people, some English speakers, some Spanish speakers, some bilingual folks that um, get together, learn about popular education, practice our skills and apply that to youth spaces that are organized in collaboration with other organizers and activists in our area so that uh, when adults are having mm -hmm. meetings or mm -hmm. organizing, um, 
kids are engaged on similar topics in ways that are kind of developmentally appropriate and allow them to be a part of the movement as well. And Golden, your kids participate in Seeds of Hope. So I wanted to ask you what Seeds of Hope has meant for, for you as a parent. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's been um, such a blessing for Seeds of Hope to kind of come about because for so many years, and my kids were kind of uh, growing up within meetings every mm-hmm. day, every mm-hmm. night, every weekend. <laughs> um, and one, as a parent, you know, there's some guilt around that. Like, is, mm. is that quality time for my kids? And what will they look back at their childhood? And will they remember like, dang, my mom dragged me to a uh-huh. lot of meetings. Uh-huh. Um, and then on a moment level, feeling some worry that this next generation of organizers and cultural workers and healers who could be our children, that maybe we were turning them off to movement uh-huh. work because their experience around movement was so many times like, no, I no, my, no. yeah, my uh-huh. mom dressed me off somewhere. Uh-huh. I don't know what my mom's doing. And so to be able to show up as a family to a space where we can each engage in our own ways. And then on the ride home, we talk mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. what were you all working on? Mm-hmm. What were you all working on? Mm-hmm. It feels now more like those movement spaces are for my whole family and I feel less divided and I feel, um, I feel really grateful for it. And so, like you mentioned, the Seeds of Hope as part of the Popular Education Circle is a group. It it creates bilingual spaces. So some of the participants are bilingual, some are monolingual English speakers, some are monolingual Spanish speakers. Can you share with us, like, what is going really well about that? What are you proud about? What is, like, what's shining for you all in creating this bilingual uh, space and this popular education work that's really rooted in a practice of language justice? You know, one thing that comes up when we're with kids sometimes is that we've got bilingual kids with monolingual parents. Um, and that's an interesting thing for us to navigate and sometimes is something that goes really well and other times is really challenging because we've got popular educators in the room kind of holding the space and facilitating the space um, who would like to feel empowered speaking the language that they feel most comfortable with. And then we've got Oftentimes, bilingual kids who, um, when they're in the presence of English-speaking monolingual peers, are likely to try and speak English the whole time. And so another challenge that we're coming up against is, uh, I think, finding ways to keep kids like excited about and proud of Spanish-speaking in spaces when English is an option. And I, I've seen that in schools where I've worked as well. Um, so we try to um, find ways to kind of partner with organizations that are coming up against some of that same struggle, such as Nuestro Centro, who has a summer camp called Raices. And we saw in that, in that summer camp last year that kids kind of would veer to speaking English when given the opportunity. And so it's, we're always trying to recenter Spanish and make sure that that's prioritized in our space. Super excited to be uh, at Raices today. Raices is one of our favorite intergenerational popular education spaces. Mi nombre es Kenny y tengo cinco años. ¿Y qué idiomas hablas, Kenny? Uh, uh, no sé. ¿Hablas español? Sí. ¿Hablas inglés? Sí. Muy bien. Mi nombre es Cristina y tengo seis años. ¿Y qué idiomas hablas, Cristina? Inglés. 
¿Y qué otro In idioma? Inglés. Ajá, solo inglés, ok. Me llamo Yatir y yo tengo... Mm. ¿Cuántos pareces? De cinco. Ajá. <risa> mi nombre es Karina, yo tengo seis años y... Um, mi... Um, mi uh, es... Um, es... Español y en inglés. Mi nombre es Nestalí. Mi nombre... Me gusta jugar béisbol. Muy bien, ¿y cuántos años tienes? Tres. My name is Yvonne and I'm seven years old. Um, races where you can learn how to speak Spanish. My name is Christian. I'm 10 years old. Races is somewhere where um, you, first of all, um, talk Spanish and um, you um, communicate better. And um, you you realize that um, like every day I tell my mom to make me sleep early so that I can come here. Uh, like it's it's very fun to come here. Uh. Um, my name is Eduardo. I'm ten years old, and since I've been here the longest, I've been here for either five or four years because I started in kindergarten. It's basically where there's two groups. There's one of dancing, like different folk dances, and the second is your culture. So we basically talk in Spanish and also learn about like the cultures of um, different parts of Mexico. Muchas gracias. Algo que alguien más quiere agregar? I am Leslie and I am 13 years old. To me, Raíces is like a, uh, a camp that we teach little kids about racism and what's going on with the world, like in Mexico, of how all, there's a lot of families over there, of like how their lives are, and we, we do activities here as well. What is interpretation? What does interpretation mean? Anybody have an answer? Um, my name is Elizabeth, and I am 11 years old, and I think interpretation is when someone is translating or trying to explain something to someone that doesn't quite understand it. Hello, my name is Mariana and I'm 14 years old. And to me, interpretation is in a verbal way where you speak it. And it helps also because we get to communicate better. Great, y'all are so brilliant. Perfect, okay. Um, have any of y'all ever interpreted? And if so, like who have you interpreted for and what is it like? And if you could tell us your name. My name is Vanessa. I am 11 years old and I have interpreted for someone. When I was in second grade, there was just one girl that didn't speak English at all. So I had to like explain her like what was going on because like she, she kind of felt a little lost. And I felt good showing her because I didn't want her to be lost. Uh, my name is Yaretsi and I am 11 years old. Um, I actually interpreted for someone just the other day. Um, they went to go check out a school and they were giving us a tour of the school. And so I had to say everything that they were saying um, and I had to repeat it into Spanish. Hmm. And how did you feel doing that? Um, a little nervous because if you mess up, then like they won't know what's going on. And um, it's a little stressful, but I also um, I think it's good for me to interpret for other people because it it lets me practice both my English and my Spanish. 
great. What is it like growing up speaking English and Spanish in North Carolina? Uh, my name is Emily and I'm 10 years old. And for me, it's kind of like, like my mom and my family always tells me like that I should speak more Spanish because if I'm older, I, I don't want to forget that language. So like I try, like I forget sometimes and, but some, I like to speak English at school because most people understand me in English. And then I speak English and Spanish at home. My name is Jitzel and I'm eight years old and like, I always feel like in Spanish it's always, at home it's always Spanish and at school it's always English. So, and like whenever I started going to Raices, I thought that we were like supposed to communicate in English and, but then they said that we only have to communicate in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My name is Yolton and I am 10 years old and, um, when I was one, I went to Mexico for two years, so when I came here, I had no idea how to speak English, so I know what um, other people feel and how they, like I understand because they don't know how, they don't, they don't understand English because I didn't understand English, and I, and I got um, made fun of because of that. And at like <clears throat> age six, I learned it. And yeah, it was hard, but now, like what Emily said, that oh, yeah, sometimes I, they say that speak more Spanish mm -hmm. because you can forget it, mm -hmm. and that has happened to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My name's Daniela, and I'm 11 years old, and um, it's kind of hard living somewhere, and well, here in North Carolina, being bilingual because um. Sometimes at school I talk English, but at home I have to talk Spanish, and I forget some of the stuff. <laughs> and um, it's hard sometimes. I was when I was smaller, I had to go to ESL because I didn't understand. But it's hard learning another language. But now that I'm bilingual, um, it has helped me a lot, helping my parents and other people. And Daniela, do you remember what it was like to uh, not? understand English yeah um, when I came here to the school Emma um, I'd see all the kids understanding and it was hard for me and it's even still hard for me the grammar they talk in math most of the time um, I don't understand some of the words and my mom and me when we get back home we um, go in the dictionary and look for a lot of words and it's been really hard um, sometimes it's really hard because some people feel like if you're at school you have to talk english and if you talk spanish they tell you like oh this is like america you know mm -hmm. and it's kind of hard because at home is the only way you could practice it but at school we should have the opportunity mm -hmm. more and some people don't accept it oh, well thanks y'all so much for visiting us um and we can't wait to share this with you once the program is ready and on the air muchas gracias compas in terms of activities that we've done that are specifically around language justice, um, I think starting with babies, sometimes we're taking like common songs in English or Spanish and making up our own lyrics because a part of popular education is being able to speak from your experience. Mm -hmm. So for little, little babies, three month olds, 
that can't really speak to their experience. We're building experiences that we hope are going to like stick with them and be beautiful stories that they can share later on. Um, so I think it starts with that. And then with older kids, we have had them like practice being interpreters with each other before or make up their own languages to share with each other. Um, we have had them present before like a, a song with simultaneous interpretation and consecutive interpretation. Those are some that come to mind right away. I remember that um, once um, we were doing vocab tree at the practice sessions. And so vocab tree is kind of like before you go to an interpreting gig and you know that the topic is going to be popular education. And so you would start writing a glossary. So what are words that are pro probably going to um, appear participatory action research, Paulo Freire, um, actors, games for actors and non-actors, you know, and so you start writing these words and the, the kids were in another space. Seeds of Hope was in another space and they were doing the same kind of thing. Like what words come up and then like what words would, would, you know, are attached to those words. So it's like a branch and then like little branches or leaves that come, come from there. And then what's the equivalent? And so that they were like translating the words. And so they came up with their vocab trees and it was super cute and revolutionary. It's like cute and revolutionary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as popular educators in this space, I want to know what do we love about popular education? What I love about ed popular education is that everybody that comes into the room is going to be valued um, and is going to be trusted. I think it's really important to build spaces where People know that they're going to be heard um, and valued in that way. And I like that it's also a place where we're challenging each other. Mm -hmm. And so in addition to coming and sharing stories, we're then adding more information so that we can build an analysis about those patterns that we're seeing coming up in those stories that we're sharing together. Um, and then we're going to build a community that's strong enough over time to come up with an action plan and implement something here that's going to better our home um, and we're going to continue building on it. For me, it could be the capacity to question what has been written. Many of the things that we learn or what we learn at the time were unquestionable. There were many things that we had to repeat over and over again, even when they went against our own principles and ideas. So I want to thank both of you for being here today, for joining us, for telling us about your work, about your circle, about Seeds of Hope. Um, yeah, y con eso nos despedimos. Thanks so much for having us. Gracias. Thanks to the studios of 103.3 Asheville FM, WSFMLP in Asheville, North Carolina. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at CBS Escucha or on Twitter at SVSE Podcast. Email us at svsepodcast at gmail.com. On behalf of Manuel de la Luz of Mente Visual Films, Leonel Gutierrez of GBD Productions, and Andrea Golden and Ada Volkmer of the Center for Participatory Change, thanks for listening. This episode produced by Mente Visual Films and GBD Productions. Music by Combo Chimbita. Music by Combo Chimbita.